Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin. But I'm glad we are not talking about basketball right now. It's starting, or excuse me, from the Pink Seeds Podcast. Powered by the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Russell Meyer, Ben Slicoco with us tonight. Jacob Lane is off because it is Ruby's birthday. Happy birthday, Ruby. Probably the most well-spoken six-year-old I've ever talked to. Like, it's hard to believe Jacob produced a child that's like six years old and like five feet tall which is funny <laughs> for anybody who's ever been around jacob he's just like a skinny like five nine dude so it's weird to see his mammoth child that is already you know smart enough to hold an intelligent conversation with adults anyways jacob's out for the night stepping in we have maybe a little bit better because <laughs> what's going on man man what's going on guys you know, uh, I got some big shoes to fill tonight, but you know, I think uh, I think he's trust. I think he's going to trust me and doing a good job. So I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk talk it out with you guys today. So yeah, just, just honored to be in the presence of two Louisville football legends. To be honest with you, one 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 Louisville football legend, Vince Lococo and this other dude Reggie. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, but anyways, before we get too deep into this we want to thank as always our sponsors from Kearns Corner Kearns it's that time of year bro like I don't know if you guys saw but there was snow in Louisville last night like kids are out trick-or-treating and there is snow which is just the most Louisville thing ever which means it's going to be like 70 degrees on Christmas that's what it means right yeah (laughs) but it also means it's time to start taking Kearns Corner chili seriously get that Matt McGavick shit out of your house Kearns Corner is in so it's at the corner of Barstown Road and Lakeside. So how about that? Uh, so if, if you're not familiar, everybody by now should be familiar with Kearns. But I will hold Jacob to that, that I think that probably is the best bowl of chili you can get in the city. What do you think, Vince? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's cash only, too. So don't forget that. I mean, they have an ATM in there, but, you know, nobody really ever wants to pay that $3, $4 service fee. So no, especially when you're paying less than that to get <laughs> to get yeah i know you cash out your 20 bucks yes. and you're still taking money home in your pocket <laughs> and make sure you you utilize this and bet with the show it's bitly b-i-t dot l-y slash state of louisville bet with us and we'll get a little into that a little bit later in the show but make sure you, you utilize that link and it comes back to us which means it comes back to you the listeners which you love that See, Reggie, this is the stuff that you miss whenever, you know, you're just a guest and, you know, we're interviewing Reggie Bonifant for Notre Dame week. Now that you're yeah. on for a full recap of the show, you get to hear all the fine details and stuff of what goes That's on right. in the beginning. That's and right. Everybody, you got to plug in and why I just don't host the show. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do all that. I can't get all that out. <laughs> yeah, I love it, though. Like you, you see how the bacon out. gets made. Yeah, man. exactly what it is. Yeah, the banking gets me. Some, and some also, the th- these these are the best conversations of the show. Like when we get to talking football, 
like that's a lot of what people are here for but mm-hmm. also like we shoot the shit like we talk about farts and stuff and uh the five-star gas station and delta <laughs> dawn oh and- yeah so reggie that's been my thing all year this whole season i don't know if you've heard it the sandwiches, like, right? yes yeah. okay yeah so the sandwiches yeah, yeah. that you i realize this is a good start that i i fucked up against Pitt. i okay. fucked up Okay. I like so, I like the So so Presley, this this is also this comes with my bologna egg and cheese sandwich. And Emerson reminded me of this. She goes, You realize I've had a big chick chicken sandwich from Five Star every Saturday as well, which is their chicken biscuit sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get her one for the pit week because I was just <laughs> I didn't get her one. Yeah, it was, it was, it was we, a pit week, you know. And we lost. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh wow, that's that's 100 on me then for not doing that. Dude, yeah. There's something to superstitions, like, and I mean, Reggie, you played the sport at like you know pretty much the highest level, right? Yeah. Uh, you're the only person on this podcast that scored an NFL touchdown. So, uh, <laughs> when when I say this, you can speak to this probably better than me. Superstitions are important. Like that's an important mental aspect of things. Like. I don't know if you heard the story that Peyton Siva told when he did the LNM Eats segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that he went to, to a just rundown, just like, you know, hole in the wall pizza place in New York City the night before the Big East, cha- or before the Big East tournament started. And he played really well. So he had to go back for five straight nights and eat the same pizza every night in New York City. And he said yeah. he feels like Coach Patino would have killed him. Uh, <laughs> any superstitions? Um, I mean, they were far and few between, but if I can think of just a few of them, right? Um, and it actually, this one, believe it or not, came from somebody else that I heard because it was kind of a similar question. It happened to be a guy I played with at Louisville, but uh, shout out to Will Gardner, right? Yeah, that's from the past, right there. That's my, that's my guy. So, we, we, we were asked one day, like. Um, might have been in the quarterback room, like, hey, with superstitions. He said he put on his shoes, like, right right shoe first, left shoe. And, like, his explanation to that has some validity to it, right? I think he was a um, you know, strong faith base, strong relationship with God. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to put my right my right shoe on first and then the second <laughs> one. I mean, the oh, left man. one after that. And when I heard it, I was like, you know what? I'm tripping. I need to put my right shoe on first. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I started doing that. And... That, that's probably kind of the only thing, um, maybe running around the field prior to warming up and just stuff like that, routine kind of kind of deal that, you know, just gets me in that zone. Presley, you're talking to Mr. Smooth. Mr. Smooth just runs out there on the field and just gets the job done, you know, does a couple high knees, some butt kickers. I honestly I always as a player hated the warm up before the warm up, you know, because yeah, like thing what, are we, what are we really doing out here? Like yeah, I know we're feeling it out, but I mean, after like freshman year, I'm sure there's been times in my career where I probably never even went out because I'm like, either I don't feel like it or <laughs> I'm just not about to go out here and just, you know, like layup line. It's just like, bro. Shoot I have one. Head. I have one superstition with Robbie Bell our last two years at Louisville. And he mm-hmm. used to he put his pads on and be like, right as we're about to walk out, your typical lineman shit where he'd like make me slap him three times in the chest and like three times on top of his shoulders and my hands would be like throbbing red by the end. <laughs> like it sucks for me, man. <laughs> no, yeah. For sure, man. yeah, I mean, who's more intense, Nick Cartwell before a game or me in the stands? Nick Cartwell before a game, because like mm. 
it's the reasoning behind it is because he has zero caffeine. Like he's not allowed to have any caffeine in his body. So he's just naturally that like fucked up. He's just naturally that I love crazy. That. And that's, yeah, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be legal. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, I mean, we could talk sports psychology all day. One other thing that I want to get into, we do have a new sponsor. We have a new sponsor for the side as a whole. It's going to be our, our name brand sponsor for our basketball podcast. But Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon, shout out to Russ Smith. Listen, Mr. and Mrs., I've gotten to know the brand, know you know who they are behind the scenes a little bit more. And one thing that I'll say is this is a bourbon. This is a company that holds its own. What I mean by that is that here in the city of Louisville, it's easy for Russ to put as many bottles as he wants on the shelf and for them to sell. Everybody knows who Russ Smith is in this town. But when he goes to Wisconsin and does a, you know, does does some sort of bourbon uh, tasting event or something of that nature, if he goes to, uh, you know, Florida, I don't wherever, nobody knows who Russ Smith is. They just think it's this dude that's the label on on the bourbon bottle. They're like, oh, is that you? It's something that. It holds its own because, yes, his name bears a lot of weight in the college basketball world. Even some of those who might watch pro ball, you know, anybody who's into the NCAA tournament, they know and remember Russ Smith. But outside of that world, there's a lot of people who don't pay attention to Louisville sports. And this bourbon absolutely holds its own. They have six different types of bourbon, and each one of them is absolutely above and beyond my expectations. So if you have not tried Mr. and Mrs., make sure you do so. We're going to be sipping on a lot of that during podcasts going forward. Uh, already see the red. Oh, no. So sipping we have on. to sip oh, on no, bourbon. Not bourbon. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, that is uh, one other thing that we wanted to get into. And we have a lot of exciting things coming uh, with Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon. But what we do want to get into, we already had a podcast earlier this week. And those of us who know jack shit about football got to talk about Louisville's win over Duke. But I want to hear your all's. Quick takes, quick takeaways uh, from the Duke game. And Vince, I'll let you go first because you absolutely yeah, earned I've been it. waiting on this one, Reggie. Been <laughs> waiting on this one. I should be coming with like a list of receipts of people that told me this game was going to be difficult from the yeah. moment the schedule was released. Yeah. I mean, I, we looked at whenever we did the schedule prediction, I was talking so much shit on Duke because it's Duke football. At the end of the day, it is Duke football. And no world – do they come on our field and, you know, roll over us? Right. So, you know, for me, knowing that Riley Leonard was hurt and knowing our D-line and knowing how, you know, how much pressure we could get on him, I mean, I thought it was a no-brainer, especially with that the backup they had. The backup was, you know, just as, just as bad at times, if not worse. And it's just – I mean, it's Duke football. What do you all expect? I mean, y'all are so – everybody's so surprised. But, I mean, I was sitting over here my sister's senior day just relaxing – we're about to walk out of the tunnel, and I'm like showing my dad the score. I'm like, I mean, I mean, just look at this. It's just we're not missing anything. Reggie, no. I want to hear your thoughts about the W. Look, last week was what we needed all as Louisville fans, right? As a collective, coming off the week prior, we we don't need to even get into that. But it wasn't what we expected, right? The Duke game. I love I love to see a shutout. I don't I don't know anybody that plays or watches football that doesn't love to see a shutout. And the response that the guys showed collectively as a team responding after having a tough showing, right, against against Pittsburgh and coming out, 
displaying a shutout, putting up points, being electric, running the ball, getting back to Louisville football, how we love and love to watch it. Um, I mean, it, it, it's promising, you know. It's it's kind of that midway in the point of the season to where it's like, look, we control our destinies right in front of us. We're in the CFP, um, you know, rankings and things of that nature. So I feel good about it. You know, I don't I don't want to belabor the point of it being what was needed to move forward. But at the same time, I think as, uh, you know, Louisville Collective, Louisville fans, I think we're excited about what's, what's coming these next couple of weeks. And this was a good springboard for that. Y'all hit on it, Presley, but just how much Jawar means to this team and this offense and, you know, how much does truly kind of run through him and how how much more comfortable Jeff is giving him the ball opposed to guys like Maurice Turner and uh, Isaac Garendo. Uh, still, at times, though, I still want to see those guys get carries, and there are moments where, you know, you can utilize uh, both Isaac and Maurice uh, in various various different situations. Uh, but Jaws just has that big play capability, and I love seeing the offensive line push the pile. That is like, you know, I'm just, I know you love it too, Reggie, as a running back. It makes your job way easier trying to gain three or four extra yards I mean it's anytime you see that where running backs getting pushed in the end zone like I mean that should just get you fired up yeah I I also have one more question for you guys too collectively during the course of this year what what he's putting together on the field is is Jaws arguably probably one of the if not best second best running backs ever play at Louisville because I'm 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 vouching for that at this point Mm-hmm. consistency in the hundred yard games, the explosiveness. I mean, he's, he's touching, he's on, he's on Michael Bush's coattail. I, I know he hasn't had the the longer, the tenure at Louisville, but the impact at the position is starting to starting to be something that we, I think everyone needs to talk about a lot more. No doubt. And I hope, oh man, Reggie, that's such a good comparison. Cause I hope that pit stinker isn't the Rutgers stinker in comparison for us. If that year where you know what I mean, I just saw that in my head where I'm like, oh man, that could be the one where we're sitting there at five. Like, yeah. <laughs> but so, so currently, career rushing yards at Louisville, Jawar Jordan has 1733, which, put, which puts him at 19th all time. Mm-hmm. I, wonder, I wonder where our guy Reggie Bonathan is all time on the rushing list. I don't I don't think it's too high, believe it or not. I probably I don't even think I clipped a, a thousand yard mark. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm looking on the list, like I have the full list. Okay, eight hundred and five career rushing yards at Louisville. Yeah. Happy scrolling. Happy scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> but twelve touchdowns and listen here. I mean, the thing is, you weren't a running back that entire time, right? No. Yeah. Quarter four receptions. Yeah. 10.1 yards per reception. That's pretty solid. Between rushing and receiving, 18 career touchdowns. So, again, that's nothing to scoff at at all. The thing but, that I keep seeing people talk about with Jaws, though, getting back on that is, you know, I said it two or three weeks ago, but you're seeing a lot more people talk about him being compared to Alvin Kamara and how he runs his style, the comfortability catching the ball out of, out of the backfield, something you were very comfortable with doing, Reggie. So, mm-hmm. For me, my question to you, being that being that you know style of a ball player, what are like the biggest things being a running back catching the ball out of the backfield? Uh, yeah, I mean running backs, you don't see a lot of them with good hands, and to get one with some good hands, 
I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a steal. That was always the thing with you know guys like Rad, not to knock them, but like you know they didn't have the best hands, right? So, so what yeah. what are some things that you know come to your mind? I mean, it's almost is it's I'm like with Gerard, he's so talented because a lot of the things that he possesses his skills. You can coach, but you can't at the same time, right? His speed yeah. is something you can't coach. Catching the ball is something that can be coached, but to your point, the amount of like effort that he doesn't have to put into it takes a lot of reps to do that, right? You have it's it's a key, it's a difference between the, the haves and the have nots when it comes to that at that position. Um, do you think him being able to catch the ball so so easily or fluidly? helps him to take his mind off of running routes or helps him to focus more on running routes and less on being able you know, less on, oh, shit, I got to catch the ball, got to catch the ball, got to catch the ball. He's oh, yeah. more thinking of, oh, how can I set this dude up right here? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, once you're comfortable enough, especially at that position, you know, chances are you're not going to be catching the ball. Even 10 yards down the field, you might you might here and there, but more times than not, it's going to be in the flat, it's going to be in the hook, it's going to be a check down over the ball. Might be a um, option route here or there, right? And I think once you have that confidence, you can you can already start playing a couple of moves ahead because you're confident in the fact of like, you know, I'm going to catch this ball. It's no different than getting a handoff. I just got a little bit more space. I'm able to see what's going on and and kind of make my moves from there. So, um, man, I I I have so much to say about this game. How I've just been sitting back and watching it. Yeah, I I just I can do a whole breakdown honestly, but. I don't want to belabor it, but it's 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 so fun to watch. I'm, I'm just so glad he's healthy to where he can actually be out there making plays and you know helping the team contribute to these wins. Because obviously, when he's on the field, that's what we're doing. I, mean, I love that bye week couldn't have came at a better time either. I mean, no, I, yeah, the hamstring injuries are no joke. That stuff can linger throughout the entirety of the season. So for them to be able to get that under control and managed was huge, yeah. huge. So kudos just, to Sean. And just training being, stuff. you know, yeah, hundred percent. Being being kind of a veteran guy, right? I um, I just recommended him after the Notre Dame game. I was like, "Hey, Jaws, you know, obviously great game, bro, but you know, make sure you take care of your body." Just because at this point in the season, that becomes almost more important than anything else, right? Recovery, just getting your body back, however you can. Nobody's healthy at this point in the season, but. You wanted to be available, right? You want to be able to go out there and contribute, which I know he does, and that's what he's doing. And, you know, just a point of emphasis that everybody needs reminding of it sometimes, you know? Yeah, I mean, not only did he make himself available, uh, the most rushing yards he's had uh, in a game all season, really just, I mean, all the, he's all that Louisville needed against Duke. Everything that, you know, was kind of an issue with, with whether it was the play calling or – execution uh, against Pittsburgh, uh, they kind of turned that on its head and made that a strength against Duke. So I, I thought that was an excellent job of the coaching staff. I know Coach Brom tends to, uh, you know, when they get behind, he wants to pass his way out of things. But the reality is right now, Jawar Jordan is by far the best player on that offense. So let's keep things moving. Let's keep it ticking along. To your point, Reggie, though, I mean, he has 6.5 yards per carry for his career which is um, right there with Lamar Jackson for yards per carry. Lamar finished with 6.3 for his career. If he stayed uh, another season, I think that 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 conversation is absolutely one that needs to be had with, you know, when you're talking about the best running backs in school history. 
obviously back in the day, Walter Peacock was, uh, you know, he was, he was on, he had the reigning, he was, had the reign for what, 40 years uh, before Lamar Jackson broke his record, his rushing record. Uh, there were a, quite a few big names, you know, back in the day, Howard Stevens, Frank Moreau. Uh, but yeah, in the modern era, especially, you know, I think it's Michael Bush, maybe Javion Hawkins below Powell is up there. Um, he had an excellent, excellent season in, in coach Strong's first year. Uh, and See, then, I mean, I think Jaws is, is entering the conversation. That's mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between I, Michael Bush is my one for that 100%, but I'm more talking two with Jaws and Bilal Powell between those two of who, because I think he's better than Hawk at this point. Hawk couldn't catch the ball out of the backfield the way that Jawar can, and that's kind of what separates the two of them, in my opinion. So, I well, know. I think that I think Jawar's lateral speed is something that people don't talk about enough. You know, Hawk was very quick, you know. Uh, you know, just go straight off the edge, finding a hole and just getting it done. Right. His speed was his main strength. But, and Makai Beckton was blocking for him. That's also a good point. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but Jawar is, he's definitely a complete back and he does, he does not get nearly enough credit for that. I think, No, uh, you know, it's not just his speed. He has strength as he proved against Duke. And uh, many times before this season, he's an incredibly strong, agile back. And like I said, I mean, that cut against Notre Dame is one of my favorite runs that I've seen from any back in U of L history, at least you know in, in my lifetime. Speaking of that, what are we doing? Uh, we, how are we going to have you on the show and not even ask you about the button, Reggie? And the Notre <laughs> yeah. Dame. Oh, yeah, what, are, what are we doing? How was the button? How was pressing the button? I mean, hey, you look. did a great job with hyping the crowd okay. up. That was great. You've made it in a couple of videos since then, so you did your job on that. Okay, first and foremost, that that was the goal, right? So walking away from it, hearing that, because I, Vince, I, I, we talked even prior to that, right? Yeah, so yeah, I, I can tell. I was still trying to talk and fill it out, but no, nah, it was it was dope, man. Like, like it was a great time. Um, you know, I was passionate, you know, about the opportunity. I felt it in the air. We were going to do what we did, and, and we ended up doing that. But um, yeah, guys, like I don't, I don't, I don't mean to keep keep going back to the point, but. I think all of us are agreeing to the to the fact of like what Jawar is doing needs to be talked about more because whether or not he's been there long enough to be in a conversation of one or two or three or whatever the case is, right? It's undeniable that he's gonna go down as being the most one of the most electric guys in the modern era for you know our sake, right? That mm-hmm. we've ever seen wear a Louisville jersey and touch that football at the running back position. And to, for me, this being one of my first years, not, you know, playing in the NFL and being able to watch a lot more games and know what I know as far as what translates to the next level and just simply watching him have success where he's at now. I mean, like I said, I could have a whole breakdown of just how he's playing, how he's carried himself, the whole nine, right? So, that I mean, yeah, man. He's going to be a dude that's <laughs> going to be getting paid on Sundays. That's, that's a fact. 100%. He's special, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, Louisville fans, I think the takeaway here is do not take for granted what you have for the next four, five, six games. You know, they no. have four regular season games left. Fingers crossed, ACC championship. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, and then obviously a bowl game, wherever that might end up being. Uh, we could be in for if, if uh, uh, you know, things go the way that, that we think they might. Six games, maybe, maybe seven games, maybe eight games. 
Could be a special <laughs> ride. Could be a special be ride. Wild, you never man. know. That'd be it's time. It's time. It's time. We've been patient enough as a fan base. It's time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, very quickly, because I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Jacob's sack update. Now you got to have more energy with it. Jacob's sack, sack update. update. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Jacob's There's a steak so dinner on the line for this, Presley. Yeah, that's true. Reggie, that's true. At, the, at the start of the year, Jacob, he was so generous and was like, I'm going to take whoever wins this Sack King uh, award, which is obviously most sacks in the year, individual sacks, out for a steak dinner. So I'm intrigued as to where he's going to take the athlete and how it's going to work and, you know, if it comes to flourishing. Hey, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. So – my my most recent thoughts about this too are he needs Ashton to win because I don't think Ashton's 21. <laughs> if he takes Mason out for a nice steak dinner, I don't know what's going to happen there. So, uh, But no, Jared Dawson and Jermaine Lillet, both new to the sack race this week, both recorded one sack, uh, both very impressive sacks. Jared Dawson bull rushing a guy pretty much straight up the middle. Coach uh, Ivy likes to call that one putting the shockers on him. Putting the freaking electric shockers right on the heart and shocking them all the way back to the quarterback. And that is not the first time that something like that's happened this year. In fact, it seems like Louisville gets a sack or at least a tackle for loss uh, in the same manner at least once a game. Uh, incredibly impressive because that's not stuff you saw getting sat. You didn't see that power uh, up, up the middle. Everything was coming from the outside uh, and, and sat in Brown's defense. So uh, that was pretty impressive and Jermaine a little late. Dude, that dude moves for his size. Yeah, you want to talk about taking players for granted. He is talk. I mean, I haven't talked. We haven't talked about him. You know, a lot of people haven't really talked about Jermaine, but he's quietly having a phenomenal year. He might not be making a lot of tackles, but that's not what you expect out of your nose guard. I mean, you don't really. I mean, in my opinion, at least, I expect him to take up blocks, you know, shoot the gaps and things like that, so my linebackers can make the tackles. And uh, you know, he's doing his job perfectly well and Presley he is moving people it's pretty freaking wild he's a strong guy he's a big old Polynesian dude so I mean dudes are different (laughs) yeah I'm not sure what his eligibility looks like but I'd love to have him back one more year I'm not sure you know that's that's another dude that you know if he continues on the trajectory that he's on I could see him in the league next year Mm -hmm. uh and then finally Ashton Gelati doing Ashton things two more sacks leading the race uh, by a little bit wider of a margin now with 8.5 total sacks. So, uh, Mason, if you're listening, you got some work to do. Uh, last thing before we head to a break real fast. Louisville is ranked number 13 in the first edition of the College Football play- Playoff Rankings. Surprised by that? Um, pleased by that? What, what are we thinking, boys? It's the highest we've been since, you know, old Reggie Bonifant was leading us out there. I mean – it's pretty wild to think of how far, you know, how high up we got in 16, you know, to be a number two in the country to, I think, uh, you know, Kelly Dickey, correct me if I'm wrong, but like six in 2016 was like highest we got whenever the poll, uh, playoff poll came out. I mean, to see the heights there and to see how low it got in 2018, I know you weren't around for that, Reggie, but I mean, the lowest of the low of Louisville football to where, I mean, you're not even wanting to show up on Saturdays to, mm-hmm. you know, how Sat did. And, you know, you can have your comments on Sat, you know, as you want. But he did dig us out of the gutter at a time when we needed somebody to dig us out of the gutter. So 
it's great and it's, in my opinion, expected out of a Jeff Brown coach football team. We've said it from the get-go. This is the most talented football team he has ever had. He has not had a running back like this since Ace Wells at Western Kentucky. Uh, you know, he hasn't had weapons like this on the outside since the Lord knows when. I mean, he was fighting for guys at Purdue to come out and be that stud for him. So, I, in my opinion, it's expected. And it, it should be expected every year for them to be in this kind of conversation with one loss going into this point or no losses going into this point. Right. I, I agree. You know, ideally, um, knowing what we know, right, um, we know that we could be a little bit higher if it was just one game where things, you know, play here, play there, right? But ultimately, with you know, piggybacking with everything you just said, Vince, to me, I was pleased with it for a couple of reasons, right? One, I think it's at a perfect location to where it's like, it's it's not too high to where it can get to your head, but it's not too low to where it's like, ah, we got a long way to go, like right. So we're right where we need to be in a perfect spot to where look, if we control our own destiny, taking one game at a time, and that seems to be the message that's you know being shared in their locker room, right? Um, you know, I feel like we control our destiny, and sometimes that's scary as a team because you know you got to handle your business, but the opportunities that lie ahead with other teams playing deeper into their conference gives the possibility for us to control our own destiny and still climb the charts with other teams having to play tougher teams. So for me, I I think it's the perfect spot. I think it was perfect spot. I think everything happened for a reason. I think the Pittsburgh kind of woke everybody up as to like, Hey, look, you know, we're a good football team, but we can still be beat. All right. So Shout out to College Game Day for calling uh, <laughs> out. Yeah, man. All right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think everything's pointing, pointing in the direction of you guys coming to visit. And I, I could take you guys to the Eagle down here, um, you know, right. during, yes. um, <laughs> championship, right? And yeah. uh, all that good stuff. But, you know, ultimately, I think it's just taking it one game at a time. Obviously, Virginia Tech being that next game. And a guy like me still doesn't forget about Marcus Vick stepping on Big Elvis. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready, you know. Yeah, right, well, right. So two questions for you guys. Number one, do you guys think that Jeff and the staff are showing the players video from 2005 to motivate them? Why not? Why yeah. not? He, he might. You know? We have like six big-ass TV screens in the locker room that are showing <laughs> something at all hours of the day. So I wouldn't be surprised. So, and 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 if I'm not mistaken, Brian Brian Brown was the quarterback then, right? Or was uh, that, in that like, specific game, he was not. It was Hunter Cantwell because Brian okay. Brown was hurt. Uh, okay. But yes, but yes, he was on that team. So yeah. yes, yeah. So I, I think there is some, uh, you know, some correlation there to where you can kind of pull from that. But um, I, when I shared with when I talked with the guys against uh, night before NC State. Um, that's one thing I kind of try to share with them. I'm like, look, like the fact that you guys have a head coach that not only has actually been in this situation and the shoes that you've been in, but has come back home with the caliber of coach he is. I was like, you guys pretty much need to like do some do some homework to to like mm-hmm. really understand, right? Like the magnitude at which you guys are the position you're in and the opportunity that you have to have this coach coaching you guys in his first year where it feels like 
This is like the rebuild. Like this is what you call a rebuild, like rebuilding a program. Like yeah, all right, these coaches right. talking about, I need three years, seven years, and all this extra, like that give me time. And the, and the famous words of Bobby Petrino is a show me world. <laughs> show me world. <laughs> it's showing people how to rebuild a, a, a program and do it the right way. So that's my that's my take for sure. This man, somebody hired this man as a, as a coach somewhere. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people are alive would line up. I mean, I, all you gotta do is call Cobb and Saxon over at Trinity. You can go get in over yeah, there at any time if you wanted to. They were but, soft recruiting me, man. But you know, I, I like you know with the, with the two year old, anything's possible. But you know, even even trying this out, right? I mean, let's go do little league. That'd be way more fun. Nah, yeah, for sure. You know, pull out, <laughs> pull out a uh, a North Turner NFL playbook and, and yeah, right. Against, you know, one of the, one of these little, little teams around here. It's, it's funny, ball. like it's funny we're laughing <laughs> about that, but like in my head, where Lou is at, like there's a correlation to like high school football right now because they're in winter go home mode. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like this is almost like you're you know flip your mindset like you're in a you're in a playoff right now it's one week at a time one game at a time now yeah we'll still get to go to a bowl game but it's all about what bowl game do you want to do you want to go to miami or do you want to go you know somewhere in texas right think about it it's almost almost like the uh at this point in the season for for our our program we should approach it like the nba is going to with the mid-season playoff or whatever yeah, right. This is the stretch, right? I think it, it was, uh, you know, that that year after after we lost to Clemson at Clemson, right? Um, we were kind of in a similar situation. Like we were still like, you know, six and one, seven and one, whatever it was. Yep. Kind of maybe probably still, you know, around the same time, 13, 15 in the country, and we go down to Houston and just, just laid an egg. Blow. Yeah, right. You know, completely blow it, and then. Uh, Kentucky and you know what I'm saying it just unraveled rather we lost our last three that year yeah yeah that's how much like a loss as to your point like a loss right here can do to your team I mean it can completely write a lot of guys off it's hard to and and at that point it's hard to bring them back in to get them focused for whatever week yeah so responding the way we did against Duke right and shutting them off the scoreboard going into uh, playing Virginia Tech Man, like I said, this this team's really showing a lot of resiliency, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait. So, what what are players and coaches saying this week? Like, what's the message? Because Vince, you kind of alluded to, you know, Louisville controls its own destiny. the The fact of the matter is, right now, if they win their next three games, they will play in the ACC championship. There's no, you know, uh, tiebreakers or anything that will even come into play. If they win their next three they are in the ACC championship game. So now the pressure is on them, right? So as, as an athlete, as a, as a team that's trying to band together and, and make this, this stretch run, what's the messaging there? Is it just, you know, we have to work this much harder, we have to prepare this much better, uh, or do you try to keep it lighter? Well, I look at it as more of a motivation. Like this is the pressure you have wanted since you were seven years old watching whoever, Brian Braun, Michael Bush, and all these other guys, or whoever you were watching at the time, go and do their thing. Like, this is one, this is what you wanted. These were the moments that you strived for and you worked your at in June and July, in the middle of that Tuesday, 
of the third week of fall camp when you haven't talked to your girl, your mom, your dad or anybody. And you're like, what am I doing here? Like these, that's what these moments are for that. I mean, it's, it's hard. And I mean, that's our, our coach Beatty used to say it all the time to us. It was, if it was easy, everybody would do it, you know? So it's, it's, this is what you want. You want that pressure. You want, you know, and, and you still have that chip on your shoulder too. Cause we're still Louisville and people still a lot of times don't want to give us a lot of credit. So that's, you know, that's a dangerous football team. And that's a football team that a lot of teams should quite frankly be afraid to play. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to go back, keep going back to this, but I just want to emphasize the importance sometimes of learning the lesson in a loss. Right. And what I feel like the team learned in the loss to Pittsburgh, which was a team that you should have beat, a team that didn't um, match up athletically to the type of talent that we have on our roster, right? And just yeah, shouldn't have even been on the same field as us, right? Yeah, hundred percent, right? And just just basically underperformed that night, right? Coming into a, a game like Virginia Tech. It's a lot of similarities to that. Virginia Tech's four and four. They've lost to Purdue, lost to Rutgers, um, they lost to Florida State and Marshall. None of those teams are scrubs. Even watching them just a few weeks ago against against um, Marshall and Vince, I, you know, I'm sure you can attest to this too. And being on the team, Marshall is not an easy place to play. Oh no, no, not bad at all. You know what I mean? That's all they got and, up there. <laughs> yeah, so. I think by the loss in, in the Pittsburgh game, playing a team like Virginia Tech that looks on paper like, oh, yeah, it's an easy win, like we should win. Like, no, you already have that bad taste in your mouth. So to to Vision's point, the motivation's already there. It's in your – like, you control it, your destiny in your hand to the point where it's like, do you want to feel that, that, that sting again? Do you want to feel not go to sleep that night because you wish you had a couple of plays back? Or do you want to – leave it all out here these next, you know, uh, three games and put it all out on the line for 60 minutes and be in Charlotte in a couple of weeks, having the time of your life, you know? So it's it's, it's all in front of us. And I promise you everything's – you want to talk about sour after a loss. I mean, from the beer to the food to the water to the Gatorade, to everything is just like, man, this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's heartbreak. It's like you you just got broken up with. Yeah, it's worse. Literally, literally. I had, <laughs> I, had the, I was so I was so flustered. Honestly, just like because mid game, right? I just made a quick like McDonald's run. Me and me and the wife, we had a little, you know, um, just wanted to grab a bite to eat. And uh, I run to McDonald's real quick. Give me a couple of McChickens. I'm on the way back. I'm telling tell my wife, I'm like, hey, like keep me updated as I'm going, right? I get no updates. Oh, no. Right? So, <laughs> I get back home and I'm like, hey, like, what is going on? Like, as I'm walking into the door, I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, I, uh, I didn't want to update you because it's not looking good. I come back. <laughs> home, oh, my God. So, yeah, yeah. man. Like, I think I think we're going to be just fine. I think, uh, like I said, that, that sting, it, it stung everybody. I, I After, like, I, and to finish it off, after the game, I was just so like flushing my wife. She went to lay down. I was like, "Man, I got I got to do a, a emergency Twitter Spaces. I just got to I got to talk this out. I can't go to sleep mad tonight, right?" And <laughs> I saw you did that. Yeah, yeah, man. And just talked it out with a couple of fans, and it it was all good. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think that lesson and and that just prepares us for situations like this. You guys are you're giving me some confidence, giving me some confidence confidence for this week. That's exactly what fans need uh, going into this weekend, and what they can do when they're confident is play some wagers because you can do that legally now in Kentucky. Louisville sports betting is officially live in Kentucky. That means the sites are offering new bettors tons of awesome bonuses to get started. We made it super easy. Put in all our favorite promos into one list for you. Check it out. All of our sportsbook promos are on bit.ly slash state of Louisville. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash state of Louisville. So you can maximize your first bets. Also, each time you sign up, for one of the promotions, you're directly supporting our podcast, which is super important if you want to keep listening to us talk. So if you're looking to sign up for any Kentucky sports books, head over to bit.ly slash state of Louisville for our top offers. That's bit.ly forward slash state of Louisville. Offers are only available for new customers who are 18 plus or 21 plus in select sports books and physically present in Kentucky. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on the other side to talk a little more football. All right, turning our attention to Virginia Tech. Uh, this is a game that it's really hard to get a grasp of, right? Because Virginia Tech started out the year not what what you want as a Virginia Tech fan, right? They started out... Uh, Kind of won a bit of a sloppy game against Old Dominion, uh, then drop one at home to Purdue, a Purdue team that isn't hasn't been that solid so far this year. Don't think they've won a game yet in the Big Ten, and they drop a game again at Rutgers, uh, another Big Ten opponent, and then drop another one at Marshall. Now again, that's not you know that's not like some of these SEC teams that are playing you know two MAC teams, three MAC teams, or whatever. You know, that's not like these these teams that are that are fluffing things up. Rutgers, Marshall, Purdue, like those are quality brands, right? Those are big name opponents. That's two Big Ten opponents to start out the season. They also started out the season with a different quarterback. And so since since that time, since they've switched over to their current quarterback, they dominated Pittsburgh. They played right alongside Florida State. They dominated Wake Forest, and they absolutely eviscerated Syracuse. So since that time, since they've switched quarterbacks, They've been much more solid. Their fan base is in the best place that they've been in in quite some time. Uh, and they have a lot of confidence coming into this, into this game. Louisville started out as about 11.5, 12-point favorite, depending on where you look at it. It's been bet down to about 9.5, 10. Uh, so a lot of fans have confidence in this Virginia Tech team. As you guys look at uh, Virginia Tech, what are your kind of immediate takeaways? Strong running game. And they're going to base, you know, their passing game off of that. Obviously, it's going to be play-action passes. So I expect them to hammer the rock and then, you know, work in their passes off of that. Uh, And obviously, they're going to be hoping that those rushes hit early or their, you know, shot plays hit early. Otherwise, they'll be playing behind the A-ball, and that's not a spot that Virginia Tech wants to be in. Yeah, I agree. Um, One thing that sticks out to me – as far as a matchup that I'm going to be interested in seeing how it pans out early on in the game to just establish uh, dominance throughout the game is 
really in the trenches, right? When when you look at Virginia Tech's defensive line, you look at our running game, I think both teams are going to want to establish some sort of dominance when it comes to that particular part of the game. Because I, I think it's going to be a big key factor as, as far as just establishing field position, um, you know, time of possession, things of that nature. So for me, along with what you what you just stated, Vince, that, that defense, the defensive matchup against trying to contain Jaws, right, um, and what he brings to the table, I think uh, I think they're going to try their best to contain him to make us, um, you know, put put the ball in our quarterback's hands and, and force him to make some decisions uh, through the air. So for me, that's something I'm going to be be looking into. You're you're looking at good on good, right? Mm-hmm. Their strengths this year that's not talked about near enough is the offensive line has been very consistent and even losing their most experienced offensive lineman right before the pit game. Uh, they look great against Duke offensive line look great. Austin Collins stepped Austin Collins stepped right in a little great in, on the interior line. So uh, again, that's a strength that a lot of people aren't talking enough about, but they're going up against a Virginia tech defense that is dominant in the pass rush. They had eight sacks last game against Syracuse. Uh, and they're averaging 3.8 per game, 5.7 sacks per game over the last three. Uh, so they're continuing to develop this pass rush. And I think what's happening is they're getting out ahead of some of these teams. They're forcing opponents to throw the ball. And then their pass rush is dirty, man. They get to the quarterback and they're vicious. Like this isn't like, you know, you know, catching a quarterback off the edge or something like that. Like they're coming for you. So I, I read uh... – Scott Roche, Roche, not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he po- he posted an article before we started recording this, and he was mentioning the fact that the reasoning behind Virginia Tech's most of their losses is just their slow start. So, in my opinion, if Louisville can obviously capitalize on that, uh, that would be huge. Get out on them early and just foot on the throat because you know you want to force them to throw the ball, and uh, you know anytime you can have to force them to do their weakness i mean you, you got to feel pretty good about it yeah and look we we as as a team we have to we have to expect them to 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 leave it all out here right we need to expect the fake punts neither you need to expect the fourth down um attempts all of this is on the table right they 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 still are fighting for a bowl game right i mean and that goes back to my point earlier like this isn't such a critical point of the season to where it's like you, everybody's fighting for something, right? It might be a little different here and there. It might be college football playoffs. One might just be going bowling or what well, have you. To, well, to your point, Reggie, like Tech is in a position for themselves. If they went out, they control their own destiny as well with right. being an ACC championship. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to – like like you said, like you have to expect – Every this isn't like a week one or two where you know you're holding some of your cards to your chest. This yeah. is all this is all out. This is all the marbles right here. This is a big game for both teams, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that Louisville's game plan will uh, mirror a lot of what they get did against Duke. Uh, Duke had an excellent secondary, and as does uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, and this, the secondary, as you kind of have seen with a lot of Louisville's quality opponents, the secondary and the pass rush kind of play well off of, off of one another. So Virginia Tech's getting a lot of these coverage sacks, right? Uh, and so 
it would really behoove Louisville to get things going on the ground early. Virginia Tech only allows 165 passing yards per game, but they're allowing 151 rushing yards per game. So that's an important distinction to make is that, you know, when teams are, are getting it done against Virginia Tech, it's most often on the ground. Uh, and, and so with a pass rush that good and with a secondary that's quality and with an offense that uh, it has a pretty solid running game, uh, and then as a program, additionally, that's always been known uh, to be a, a great special teams program. Uh, you factor all of that in, and really, to me, it comes down to can Louisville's offensive line run block well enough, and can your guy, uh, can, can your you know superstar running back take over and impact another game like he did against Duke, against Notre Dame? Uh, you know, his I mean, his last two outings have been two, two of it, the best of his career, so – uh, another I think thing, that's what it boils down to. Another mm-hmm. thing to look for, press is uh, is Jack getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Like with that with that pass rush, you know that is something that you can utilize your hitches either on the outside or you know with your tight ends. Uh, we utilized the tight end a little bit more last game. Uh, if that's something that Jack can get going in his game plan, then that pass rush is just going to get frustrated and eventually get in their head that hey, we're not getting there, we're not getting home, and they're you know. It's, it's going to be a psychological thing for them, and our offensive line is going to gain more confidence and just, you know, it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. So sure. Kyron Drones, Virginia Tech's quarterback, he's a special player. Uh, since he's come in, he's really revitalized this team, really turned things around. Uh, their only, like, real slip up uh, since he's been the starting quarterback was against Florida State. And, I mean, Florida State's kind of beat down everybody that they played lately. Uh, 39-17 was the final score in that game. Uh, Drones is a true um, running threat as much as he is a passing threat. I think he has 110 pass attempts and 99 rush attempts so far this season, if I remember correctly. Uh, so with that in mind, let, let me double check that real fast. 174 Good. pass attempts. I apologize. And 99 rushing attempts. You were right. 99 on. rushing attempts. 50%. But he's, he's their second leading rusher. Uh, yeah. He has 400 yards on 99 carries on the season. Uh, and what Virginia Tech does really well and what they did really well against Wake Forest and what they did really well against Syracuse was that they almost always have somebody in motion pre-snap. They, they're always bringing a receiver across. They're always putting sending a running back out. Uh, and then there's always something coming side to side. Uh, they're, they're always, you know, there's always a threat that there's some sort of RPO or some kind of dump off or maybe some kind of uh, um, option type of type of play. Uh, so for Louisville, um, how do you think Louisville is preparing for a team like this, where you have a running back who's a true threat, you have a quarterback who's a true rushing threat, and they they constantly have these motions that you have to be paying attention to. You have to have a guy that that's uh, some sort of spy on defense. Um, what, what's Louisville doing to prepare for, for a, uh, an offense like this? And how do you stop an offense like this? You got to communicate. That's for one on the back end with all the motions and things like that. You have to be on your P's and Q's and just almost over communicate in those situations. You, you can never have too, you know, too much of the guys calling the same signal or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's repetitiveness and making sure everybody's on the same page and you need guys like TJ Quinn to come downhill on the running game, uh, Jermaine Lole and, you know, uh, Jared Dawson, 
those guys, you know, they can have a big another big game where they control a lot of the front stuff, like Reggie was talking about earlier, the battle in the trenches, and just make TJ Quinn and the rest of the linebackers make their job that much easier. And at that, like I said, you just got to communicate on the back end. Yeah, and and to piggyback off that, um, to your point, um, communication is vital, of course, right? Um, as a, as plenty of coaches have said in both of our careers, Vince. Um, I think in this this week's game, just look and hopefully this is being, you know, and I'm sure it is being preached to all the guys. It's just simply all you have to do is do your 111. You just have to do your job, whether it's that gap, taking on two guys, filling this gap that's on the complete other side of the field with so many different motions and directions everybody's going. The eye discipline is is paramount, right? Because it's going to be so many different things happening, so many eye, so much eye candy that offenses tend to use, such as this offense, that not being disciplined in what your job is at the position is is just so important. Like nobody, nobody needs to be doing trying to do anybody else's job outside of their own. And then secondly, with a uh, mobile quarterback, um. Just look for the defensive lineman not to rush past the quarterback, right? You want to you want to keep this guy in front of you. You want to you want to contain him. You want to pressure him. You want to make him make him make him a passer, right? Take take one of his strengths away, and, and let's see if he can beat us with his arm. But those two things combined, I think, will allow us to have our defense continue to play with confidence, continue to play fast, and ultimately, who knows, right? Coming off a shutout against an ACC opponent leaving them with no points in the position that this, this season is, I mean, that defense is very confident right now. And I and hopefully they're not overcoaching them because if you're shutting out a D1 ACC program that's having a great season for them, that, that that's no small feat. So hopefully carry over to this week um, with those key little detail uh, things as far as communication, eye discipline, and, and just rushing the passer and keeping them in front of you and not rushing past them. I think it's basically all we kind of need to, you know, do our job on that end of the um, bargain when we when we're talking about defense. We're talking about game planning for Virginia Tech. I think another thing that Louisville's going to try to do is get off to a quick start. One thing that that's kind of plagued Virginia Tech under Brent Pry. He's in his second year, I believe, second year at at Virginia Tech, and. They, especially this season, have gotten off to really slow starts. We talked about those losses to Marshall, Rutgers, Florida State. Uh, those are all their road games this season. And when they're on the road, they do not start well. Uh, and what one thing that Louisville's done incredibly well this season is start hot on offense and defense. They've only allowed seven points in the first quarter this season, which is massive. Uh, so I think that's another thing that Louisville's going to try to continue is they're going to try to continue just kind of bring the heat early and often on defense. And, again, just like Duke, get off to one of those long, kind of just consistent plotting drives, uh, take some time off the clock, and just show that you can be dominant once again uh, in, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think that that's Louisville's game plan. Reggie, I, I, this would be a good question for you because you've been in some of the most hostile environments that there are, right? I mean, we're talking Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State. How much does home field advan- advantage matter 
when especially when you have two teams like this. I mean, Louisville has two ranked wins this year, and they won those games in dominant fashion. They've been dominant at home. They have the mm-hmm. fifth longest home winning streak in the country. Can you speak to how much that matters and how much you saw it affect opponents uh, for big games coming in to Louisville? Just to, to come off answering your question, firing away, it matters a ton, right? Um, I saw something after the Notre Dame game, the top five highest attending uh, games in school history at home. Either I had attended, which was like the one that I attended was the 2019 Notre Dame game. Every other one I had played in. And it was crazy because I was like, wow, like, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Just, it, it just we're, when we're talking about the whole, um, you know, history of, of playing in that stadium, right? We're talking about the blackout games in West Virginia, like even, even crazier than those, right? So, yeah, I think that's why as, as, as a fan collective, we're always trying, trying to push the fans to even be in there earlier, right? Telling telling everybody, hey, like fill up the seats before kickoff. And like everybody, like almost in an in annoying way is always like, oh, okay, like it's right. the game. get there early. <laughs> but like to a player, like that matters. Like when I tell you, like when they open up that that door and you're able to run out the stadium and you run out and you see sixty thousand people in black and red screaming their head off. And you you're already excited about the game, but then you see the support from the city, from the fans. I mean, it's a legitimately 12th man. Like there is no other way to put it. There's no way we beat Florida State and put up 70 points, 60 points, just running plays. No, we're we're jacked up because we have a whole crew with us, behind us, right? Cheering for us, motivating us, telling us when we're doing good, telling us when we're doing bad. So I think I think the same thing applies to where we're at now. I think the reason being we're having so much success, the reason being that a Notre Dame comes into Ellen and Stadium and, and we we hand it to them is not only because our fans are excited about the product on the field, not only are our fans excited about our head coach, but ultimately like these are the games that matter the most. It's not it's gonna take however many games it takes to get to Charlotte to actually get to Charlotte and actually yeah, play right. the game, yeah, right? Yeah. So every game is, like, literally just as important as it would be if we were kicking off for the ACC championship. How many people would be in their seats for the ACC championship? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just, like, when you look at it like that, and maybe we need to do a better job of just having conversations to put it in perspective, you know? And, and, that, and that's why I'm kind of just appreciative once again for the opportunity because sometimes – what you don't know is almost worse than knowing, right? Like if you don't, right. if you don't know, that's important to the players, and you feel like, oh, I mean, they're players, like they have NIL deals, oh, they like, get everything. Yes, right. <laughs> like no, I promise you, they care more about that than ninety nine percent of everything else going on. And that's I don't probably- know, I don't know where your eyes went. We'd run out of the stadium, right, and I'd see everything, and I'd notice how many people were there. But once yeah. the game went, I'm like. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you feel me? So it's like that pivotal moment of running out, like you mentioned, is like, that's huge for guys. And even in warm-ups, like just seeing people flood in, start to trickle down in through warm-ups. And so I know you weren't there in 18. Like whenever you ran out and it was just empty and quiet and – like it felt like a scrimmage. It felt like a scrimmage in a stadium. Yeah, it's like an open practice with the other team's fans. Yeah. (laughs) 
and that, and that's never the way it's supposed to be, especially in our stadium with the support and fan base that we have, right? So right. even now with what we have around us, as I far think everybody as, was there early Notre Dame to watch you push the button. You that's, know what? that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Hey. So, then I need to be, then that's why I'm moving back because I guess you're an all time button pusher now. <laughs> I feel like, you know, from, from what I get, you know, as far as the reviews and stuff, I set the, I set the standard, right? So <laughs> moving, moving forward, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just knowing that I can hang my hat on that and they're going to have to call me back because nobody's going to do it better than me. So you definitely did it better now. Whenever Lamar did, <laughs> it was very because yeah. nobody I mean, knows. Like nobody. That's why I'm saying. Like I, I just felt like because the advice that I was getting was so scattered. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm going up here and setting the tone, bro. Like yeah. anybody, anybody pressing the button after me, don't. I mean, either he's gonna have to tie me, or you're not gonna do as good as me. But, I, I have been waiting though. I want somebody to jump up on there and jump on the button. Like I want to see somebody like get on the platform and like really push that thing. You I know, think that'd get people just hyped up. I was I I thought about it. I was so close, but just the frame of it, I'm just not far. I'm not sure about the stability. <laughs> I was about to say it's just like just <laughs> what he's saying is I would have broke that shit if I would have yeah. jumped on it, Presley. You know, I didn't sign any waivers for the university. <laughs> I don't know if the insurance would cover it. So I was just, you know, like I want to get back home safe and sound. One hey, piece. They owe you, bro. They I'm just you. imagining. So like that same game, like you know, we all made our way down to the field, and like we got up there early, like six minutes left in the game. And if you remember, the last six minutes took forever to finish. And so we're just standing there waiting. You know, it's been a long day. We've been drinking, enjoying, you know, having a good time. You're just beating Notre Dame. Like, we got to get down there on the field. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you, like, I saw, like, the last knee, and I was the first one at the wall, so I just go to jump. Now, like, that's got to be the most unathletic that anybody's (laughs) ever looked in their entire lives. So, like, I'm I'm, I'm trying to picture, like, myself, trying to get up on that damn thing to press the button in front of 60,000 people. And like, you know, you know, it looked like, you know, an average person climbing a fence. That's a little too tall, you know, just. We'll get there one day. We'll press the button. That, one day. That, that, that's a high, that's a high, that's a high wall, bro. So I'm just going to tell you like, don't, yes. don't feel unathletic for that. Cause I'm, 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 you know, like when you're about to jump and you kind of like scary, like, you know, fidgety a little bit, I would have did the same thing, bro. Bro, I've seen a strength staff hand a whole ass player over top that wall in the middle of conditioning because he's dead yes i i haven't uh i mean i've been down on the field enough times but it's the experience of like going through the adrenaline and forgetting you're jumping like eight feet like (laughs) it's a fall like yeah uh, i I was hurting the next day for sure um but but one one thing i did want to get into real fast we're talking about the home field advantage was you know, the energy in, in Cardinal slash elements in stadium versus other stadiums. So, like, I've gotten a chance to to visit a lot of ACC atmospheres, to see a lot of different game days. And in my opinion, there are – apologize for this train in the background. There's – we're talking about – We're talking about Ellen, Ellen Stadium. There's got to be a train. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, but, no, like, NC State, we were there this year, and – it struck me that NC State, it's very loud. They have a reputation for being super loud. But I don't think NC State fans are nearly as impactful as as Louisville fans. And I, I think that's a pretty standard across the board. 
there's an energy in Cardinal Stadium, especially for a big game, that I haven't really experienced anywhere else. Like, I know NC State was loud. They had a big student section. They were organized. They have a lot of chants and that, that that sort of stuff. But it's just different at Louisville. Do you guys feel that at all? I do. I do. Not not to take away anything from any other player. I mean, any other stadium. And not really being biased either. Like, and it, and when I say that, I'm genuinely, genuinely mean. It's like there's tough places to play in the ACC. Don't get me wrong. But I think what you're referring to, Prez, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, when you talk about just like facility, you know, just the aesthetic and things of that nature, like it's, it's no comparison. Nobody in the ACC, like, please point me in the direction of somebody's remotely even close because I, I, I genuinely don't know. Well, anytime you can get 35, 40,000 people, however many were there for the Duke game, I don't know the number, but anytime you can get that amount of people singing Friends in Low Places together in like unison in a Sweet Caroline type moment for Louisville, I mean, that's just, it's per, it's moment like moments like that where I see our fan base doing what they're doing. And yeah, it might not be the sold out crowd that everybody's hoping for and everything, but that's what brings me the most joy. Like our fans, truly love going to the football games and cheering the guys on. And, I mean, I feel it now that I'm a fan. Like, I understand why they didn't come in 2018. Like, the product was freaking terrible. It was shit. I'd still go because that's just who I am. But I understand why people didn't go at the same time. But, you know, to have the crowd and to have the energy, to have the fan base that we have now, it's a hard place to play. I mean, it it, it really is. It's in 19 – when Notre Dame came in, and uh, that was my first year really having any, like, impact on the field and having a headset on and trying to hear the plays, like, was incredible. So the fan base really does uh, make a difference. As you know, Reggie, being at Clemson in 16 or 17, 16, uh, yep. whenever we played them at their place, you couldn't even have, you know, the conversation we're having right now at oh. that spot because it was so loud. So, yeah. I mean, the fans matter. Everybody matters. It's, you know, everybody doing their one twelfth, I guess. Yep, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I got, I had so many people like even hit me up that weren't at the game and just spoke to the electricity of the stadium just watching it on TV. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think sometimes our fans don't realize how great of fans we are. We, they are. Right. And, nah, uh, you text back and you said, yeah, I've had that whole 30,000 people, 40, 50,000 people chanting my name before. What the fuck are you talking about? But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that, that was a good, that was a good send out. I appreciate it, man. Shout out to y'all for that on senior day. That was dope. That was dope. Yeah, yeah, that, nah, was, was. that was dope. That was dope. But um, yeah, I, I just think that uh, just overall, right? Just our whole athletic department, like our fans. And I, and I, and like, to your point, uh, Vince, I understand what fans don't want to support because at the end of the day, they want to come see a good product, all right? But when when the fans are satisfied collectively, they show up again, all right? So yeah. we see that in other, you know, sports too. We're not going to get into that right now. but basketball. We know. see that in basketball. That's what Reggie was talking about. He's nice. <laughs> I'm not going to be nice about it. <laughs> Season hasn't started just yet, so I didn't know he won, you know. <laughs> No, we're already there. We're already there. <laughs> Talking about practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say as far as the, the home field advantage this year, it's never been more distinct for Louisville. Uh, they're, they're beating opponents at home 42 to 12 on average. 
So I'd say that's pretty solid. Uh, they've won their last three games at home against ranked teams. Uh, it, obviously, everybody remembers Lake Forest last year, 48-21. to 21. Uh, They beat Notre Dame 33-20 to 20 and then beat Duke 23-0. to zero. So, again, definitely something to be said about that. And I, I think it's something to pay attention to and keep an eye on going forward. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people nationally might not give too much credence to it now. But if they win these next three home games, you know, they have Virginia Tech, Virginia two uh, fairly winnable games, and then, you know, you host Kentucky at home, you win those three games, you got a 12-game home winning streak. And when the, the product's only going to continue to get better, the opponents are only going to continue to get better uh, as we go forward. So it's going to be something to watch for sure. And I, I truly do feel – uh, after my experiences in other places that that there's it, it's hard to match the atmosphere and environment at Louisville there will be places that are louder but the the energy in that stadium is going to become under Jeff Brom one of the best home field advantages in the sport and I think that's something to be super proud of and super excited about uh, going forward uh, just looking at this Virginia Tech game any final thoughts before we get into predictions? Any other key mashups that we're looking at uh, that we're looking forward to? Uh, I just want to see the guys, uh, like Reggie talked about, in the uh, just control the battle up front with the offensive and defensive line. Uh, Jack, come out and be consistent because, you know, as good as Jawar is, Jawar isn't going to single-handedly win us the football game as, as much as people like to think he does. You know, we still have to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, obviously Jack is the biggest part in that. So if he can be more consistent, continue to continue to improve and, you know, not make dumb decisions, not throw the ball away with two hands, chest pass down the field or anything like that, I think we'll be pretty good. This defense is playing lights out. And I never would have thought in my, you know, 26 years of being on this earth that we'd be talking about a Jeff Brom defense being better than a Jeff Brom offense. So that's pretty cool. And I like the situation we're in with that. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, you know, once again, I, I'm looking for Jack to just come out there and play play his game, right? We're not asking him to do anything outside of himself. Obviously, just just run the show. Um, obviously, Jawar, big impact player, looking for him to continue his success and and having uh, dominant performances. But the X factor for me going into this game. Uh, will probably continue to be Jamari Thrash, right? Um, and then a co-star along with him, um, Amari Huggins Bruce. I feel like these two guys are playmakers, but you know, as we progress in the season more and more, teams are going to focus on Jawar. Like this game might be the last game we see Jamar in single coverage. Or, you know what I mean, one guy tracking them or the, the that type of game plan. There's going to start being two people going with him if he continues to put up the numbers that he's putting up. So we need somebody else to be a consistent playmaker for us moving forward that can kind of take off the load of, of him in our, in our offense. But, you know, holistically, I just want us to take care of the ball, you know, take the ball away from them, you know, win the field position game. And I, I think I think we got a another victory under our belt. One more thing to add, press. I know you love this. Is 
Guess who is coaching over there at Tech, who I also believe is the special teams coach? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I don't know. Satterfield. Worked under no. Satterfield. No way. Stu Holt. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Oh, Stu Holt is over there, Presley. And Man. You might see some trickery on special teams or something like that. So. Well, so so something to definitely point out and watch, and this is this is my X factor this game, right? Stu Holt's not my X factor for those that were wondering. He's the damn no, no, it, not guy. necessarily Stu, <laughs> Stu Holt himself, uh, but but Virginia Tech's special teams is once again special. Uh, yeah. They became they became known for that for years, uh, and kind of went away from that when they you know had some down years. But they have a, a punt and kick returner that is electric, and I'm hoping uh, that Louisville has some sort of game plan to go away from this guy. He is a game changer. And if Virginia Tech's doing its thing, making Louisville, um, you know, turn the ball back over, you know, on, on downs, not, you know, actual turnovers. If they're if they're getting the ball back from Louisville, Louisville needs to have a game plan to scheme away from their kick and punt returner. He is – he's excellent. Uh, so he's top five, I believe, in the country in, in punt return average. Um, so – yeah, something definitely to watch, and obviously, you know, all credit to Stu Hold there. Um, one other thing to get into as well, as you guys indicated, but just to kind of add on to this just a little bit, uh, I think it's going to be vital for Jack Plummer to continue uh, managing the game the way that he did against Duke. Uh, I think some of Louisville's most impressive, surprising games this year were at NC State uh, against – Indiana and against Duke because they didn't overdo anything. You know, they kept it very simple uh, and, and Jack didn't make a ton of, you know, kind of boneheaded mistakes. And that's so crucial um, given the structure of, of this team and what the coaching staff wants to do. Uh, you know, they didn't throw anything fancy at any of those teams. They weren't running a bunch of trick plays uh, they weren't doing anything super out of the ordinary. They were just winning in the trenches uh, and not and just taking what they get. You know, they were a bunch of fourth downs. They were taking field goals when they needed to. Uh, defense played solid. Everybody did their job. That's, again, what I want to see against Virginia Tech. Uh, with Virginia Tech's pass rush being the way that it is, their last two games, they were getting home with four guys. So that means that, you know, unless you have something break open on on – and the secondary, you know, I anticipate Virginia Tech being able to get home a little bit and put some pressure on Plummer, and it's going to be up to him to know when to get the ball away, to know when to take a sack. He did a great job of that last week, and I, I want to see that continue. Um, getting into our predictions just a little bit, I'll go ahead and, and do uh, Jacob and Vince's – or Jacob and Matt's, excuse me. Uh, so, again, Jacob uh, on dad duty tonight for his daughter's birthday. Nobody can blame him there. Uh, so tonight, tonight we'll, we will do prediction, and then if Louisville will cover. Uh, and so we did this last week, and we all planned terribly uh, because we all picked Louisville to cover, but we all got the points because Louisville did win and they did cover. Uh, so right now we'll say that the spread is nine and a half. Uh, so if, if we're going to pick one way or another, uh, Jacob chose Louisville to win 31 to 20. So he has Louisville covering and winning 31 to 20. And Matt went with 31 to 17. 
Uh, so real original there, Matt. Would have just piggyback off Jacob. Thirty-one to seventeen. Yeah, thirty-one to seventeen for Matt. Uh, Reggie, you want to you want to chime in with uh, with an official prediction? Yeah. Um, you know, believe it or not, I, I was going into it. I had one score, but I think I hyped myself up talking about the shutout last week. I look forward to the carryover this week. I'm going. Uh, I'm going twenty-eight-seven. There you go. We covered. We covered. I love that. I love that. What about you, Vince? I am going to go now. Last week, I was, you know, I, you know, I had to bite my tongue a little bit. I couldn't talk that much shit because I didn't want. I was really nervous about the Duke week because I was like, man, that's gonna be terrible if I have to come back here and eat my words yeah. like I did against Ole Miss. But uh, I'm fairly confident in this one here. I'm going thirty-four to six. Thirty-four to six. Prediction was what thirty-eight to three or something like that. Yeah, so I was so close to going with the shutout last week. I was so close. I know, yeah. And you <laughs> My said gut was like, nah, bro, they're not going to – no way. Like, they're not going to yeah. shut out. Like, you, you said you didn't want to sound like a jerk, and I get that. But you would have been right. So Yeah, I, I should have trusted so my good. gut. What would Christian Leitner – what would uh, – what's his name that plays for the Bucks now? He, he They both would have tripped him and pushed the guy and done all the dirty <laughs> stuff, so I should have went with it. I know. That's on me. I'm going to take the cards uh, 38 – to 24. Uh, so uh, we all have them covering again, but I do truly believe that we all will have it right. Um, I I was very impressed with Virginia Tech's strengths and how they just thoroughly dominated two lesser opponents the last two okay. weeks. Okay, here's here's the tiebreaker then. Mm-hmm. Over under Jawar 100, or do you think Jawar will have, yeah, over under 100 yards? Hmm. Oh gosh, I mean, I'm going to say over because I think that Louisville's going to stick to their strengths and, and run the ball, uh, you know, their strength against Virginia Tech's perceived weakness, I'd say 100 yards, yeah. I'd Reggie. say over. Now, I know I've been talking my man up, right? I want him <laughs> to run it for 100 yards. So, But what I think is going to happen, in order for them to legitimately have a chance to, to beat us, he, he does not – he cannot run for 100 yards. So I, I feel like he's going to be under – for this game, but I think we still we still pull it out and do everything. He still makes his plays, scores touchdowns, but I just don't see him eclipsing that. If they give, if they want to have a chance at winning, if he if he eclipses it, I mean, might have another shutout. Let's see. Yeah, I'm think, gonna Vinny? go. I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna go with Reggie. Reggie, wow. you have not led me wrong with many things in my life. So if if this is wrong. I mean, this is on my show. I mean, I'm an adult now. Like, I'm coming for you. Yeah. So I'm blaming all you. <laughs> It'll be on me. I'll, I'll take it. I, I can own up. I can own up to that. This isn't like the uh, the coach speak where they they'll take the blame instead of throwing a player under the bus. Vince, no, no. Yeah. I will throw him under the bus. Right. I'm going. I played Mr. Team guy with Reggie. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Throwing him under the bus for this one if I get it wrong. All right. So what what's the plans this week in Reggie? Where are you watching the game, or will you be able to watch the game? Yeah, most definitely. I will be watching the game. Uh, looking at it right now, it'll probably be at the crib, right? Um, on the couch, daddy duties. Might have a couple of bottle feedings through, throughout the first and the third. Right? Yeah. Second and fourth, be, be uh, handing that off to wifey so I can be locked in going into halftime and uh, maybe the final drive if needed. But, um, yeah, I'm just kicking back at home, man, enjoying, enjoying the time. It's nice, beautiful fall weather out here in North Carolina, Charlotte right now. So, just taking it in, man. Um, Getting it warmed up for us. That's what you're doing. 
Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. It. You're checking out all the spots, making sure. Hey, yes. you're making reservations now, yeah. and in our space, I'm putting tables together, how to right. you know, um, in L shapes and, and and things like that. So that's cool. just that's the way it's going down. <laughs> Last question for you before we get out of here: Do you get more nervous watching the games back now, or were you more nervous as a player? Oh, I was more nervous as a player night and day. I, okay. I mean. I'm, I don't have a, 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 a <laughs> feel good going to the game. The right yeah, like nothing, nothing I'm doing. I mean, obviously, I want us to win. I want us to do, uh, you know, obviously represent the university in the best way. But now, luckily, like now, I can sit back and actually enjoy watching the game without having those that exciting. I like the the honesty there. I think a lot of people. I don't even know if it's true or not. But a mm-hmm. lot of people be like, "Oh no, we were locked in as players, but now I'm nervous because like I have no control over it." I think that's how a lot of people think about it. Like, if you don't have a say in the outcome of the game and you're just watching from the outside, it makes them more nervous. Uh, so yeah. I like that that perspective. I used to watch, like, used to watch a Mike Tyson video all the time. You want to talk about superstitions going all the way back to that. This is like something I used to watch. It was He'd always talk about, uh, you know, his opponent, and he'd be dreaming of his opponent beating him. And he's like, I'd always want him to beat me. I'd be just thinking about them beating me and beating me while I'm training and stuff. And then when he'd finally go out there on the field, it'd be like, unleashing the chains and it's like i'm completely free out there so that's yeah so that was my mindset but presley bring home there you go we'll bring it home for you guys reggie thank you uh very much we're very gracious for your time uh tell everybody where they can find you right now on social media so they can keep up with what you got going on yeah so you guys can find me on twitter at relentless reg uh one i believe that's probably where i'm most active um instagram uh same handle and uh yeah just uh follow me uh be looking for some things in the works right um you know trying out the podcasting space looking looking to explore some opportunities there and uh yeah some more things ahead uh football career is uh you know kind of come to an end as far as being in the nfl which has been great and looking forward to what's next i wanted to get involved with you know obviously connecting with the community uh connecting with the fan base and just uh, continuing the love that I have for the university and athletic program. So, yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm always available. I always reply back when I can if I'm not changing diapers. And I uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys, you know, once again for having can, me on. Can we expect more Twitter spaces? Oh, 100%. Like I said, it's, it's some things getting mapped out now where, like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm wanting to take my time and be strategic about it. You know, timing is everything. But – yeah, like I said, just given given the, the time and where I'm at right now with my little one, he's starting to sleep through the night a little bit. So I have a little bit more time on my hands. That's right. The bags under your eyes, you're looking a little bit better than the last time we saw you. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. He's we got him in a boot camp right now. So he's he's getting he's getting acclimated <laughs> to things around here. He's gonna get in, he's gonna get in get in order, right? So but uh yeah, man, excited about what's ahead and uh definitely, definitely uh I think it'll be a good follow. Instagram or Twitter and uh, I love it I love it yeah thank you so much again Reggie uh we will probably see you again very soon this has been from Peak Seas Podcast part of State of Louisville Podcast Network as always make sure you support our sponsors Kern's Corner best chili in the city and go get you a bottle of Mr. and Mrs. this yeah. definitely sounds like a good good one of those Presley I know Let's you're a glass smoker that's what we, sure. there you go that's what we got going on for this weekend guys uh, make sure you are following us at 
Pink Seats Pod on Twitter and at the State of Louisville on Instagram. And as always, follow us at the State of Lou on Twitter slash X. Until next time, this has been from the Pink Seats Podcast. See you after another dub. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.